0: holland sums it up best he says and i quote first of all it was a nice goal before but then it was a penalty and then i missed and then he cheated and then i took it again and then i scored when he didn't
1: cheat <laughs> the champions for bleach report should 100 percent do something like that with direct this quote from erling holland <laughs>
0: No, i was just gonna say everyone obviously is reactionary about how juventus is out to porto but i think people need to realize that this is technically a juve in transition and everything is still kind of coming together it is super disappointing of course but you know you gotta realize they have a lot of injuries you know the people the, the personnel they wanted to play were either not fit to play the whole game in the case of McKenney or they were just coming back in the case of Arthur, and obviously they still had their injuries. and Delict obviously wasn't able to come in for a full game. So, well, Zuck, I is it get tragic, that. yes, but still. I get
1: that. But at the same time, like we have enough talent, I feel like that we should have been able to squeak by, like in extra time. We had them on ten men down. I, I just feel like that was a very winnable game. Absolutely,
0: no excuses but i think the the media going after players to you know make the case i mean i don't i'm, I'm not going to dance around it anymore them claiming ronaldo is completely detrimental to juve at this point is utter crap it's nonsense he's the reason you guys have been winning most of your games in Serie A. and when he's not playing well is when you guys start to have problems so well, i wouldn't that, say he's detrimental
2: that that right there's right there for the last 2 months is completely false like, Ronaldo has been the worst player for Juve since, like, January. And I don't think that really matters that much because of his history. It's not like that's his entire career. But on the game against Porto, there's no question. He was the worst player on the field. If Juve was down to 10 men, they probably would have had an advantage versus having an 11 with Ronaldo. That's how bad he was against Porto. And, I mean, I don't think that's an exaggeration. He genuinely he gave the ball away in the attacking third Almost every time he touched it, there was times where Juve had like a three on one and he takes on a shot on a half volley and just skies it. And he was his first touch went out of bounds like multiple times. Like he, he had a horrendous performance. And I think he's been he scored a few goals for Juve in since January, but overall he's been very bad. And none of his goals have meant anything. All of his goals have come in I forget what game it was, but he scored two goals in garbage time um, against like. I think it was Crotone or something like that. I think
1: was um, it I think...
2: That was, that was a while ago. Okay. Um, I'm talking about more recently. I don't remember what game it was, but um, he definitely hasn't been contributing to winning recently. I think he's been more of a negative than a positive for the past month, but I also think that people are taking that and running with it too much because clearly that's not his career. And he, he may have never had a, a patch of bad form this long in his career. But I don't necessarily think that means he's done. And it doesn't mean he's the reason for Juve's problems. Like, there's a lot more than just him. But I will agree that I think Gav Marcotti
0: there. actually put it best. He, even though the days of Ronaldo carrying a team on his own, are done. He's too old. And I mean, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, Messi is starting to see that as well. I mean, honestly, this whole season. Mm-hmm. He's we've been seeing that with Messi. But it's not it's not taking away from the fact that they're still incredible players. They just need a cast around them. And yeah,
1: that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like with Real Madrid, he he wasn't necessarily carrying that team because they had a lot of really good players too. He just complimented really no, he well. He would carry them
0: a, he yeah, he would take them over the edge when they really needed it. So in that sense he would carry them. But I mean that real Madrid team for a long time. I mean they were stacked, and again, that was Two three years ago now, so well, I, mean, I think
2: also this season I don't know why but I think he kind of reverts to old habits where when things aren't going well he tries to play hero ball a lot and it just doesn't work like he's not beating defenders consistently anymore and he hasn't for probably two years there was a, under Allegri a little bit he played winger and he was still really effective in dribbling and beating defenders but now like if it's a three on one in the box um, and he's you know, trying to create something for himself. 95% of the time he gets tackled or he just shoots it into another defender and it bounces and ricochets. Like he's not effectively beating defenders and he's always looking for his own shot first. And I think that if he, and also he, he tracks back and he comes um, really deep into the midfield or really, really wide, like all the way out of the touchline to get the ball. And I don't think that's his skill set anymore. I think he should be like a predatory striker at this point. I think he should do less running, save his energy. And I think he should be focused on just finding open space and, you know, finding areas where he can pull the keeper out. Because I think that's his, his shot is still, you know, great as ever. But I think the rest of the game is sort of, deteriorating for him and he doesn't really either doesn't realize it or he just feels the need to put the team on his back
0: I think he definitely just feels the need for it at this point that's just the, that's just the Ronaldo ego that I think eventually maybe not I feel like maybe this might be a point where he either tries to call. keep proving himself more or he'll or he'll wake up and he'll realize it's time for him to just become the striker for Juventus because when you, The more we analyze his game, he's not a dribbler anymore. He doesn't beat players. He can beat them at times if he has to. And his dribbling is still good, but he's not going to beat a whole team to get to goal. That's just not what he does anymore. At the same but you time, know what's...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: his runs are excellent you know he's very much he's almost always onside he makes incredible runs when the team finds him he normally is able was to that a
2: shot at Morata he's always onside
0: <laughs> i mean to be fair morata's never shade.
2: onside a little bit Maratza of cheese never
0: ever ever onside and he Wait, and well, I mean, we'll
2: talk about morata later with that with that offside yeah we're going one, to there's but, plenty of there's plenty
0: but, of performances in this uv team that can be criticized but, ronaldo obviously yeah, being the but, big one but still has, my going God, back no to, one played well except for chiesa
2: yeah, but going back to Ronaldo, it's just funny that you think about it because he was signed in twenty eighteen, fresh off that Champions League final the year before, or um, well was the the elimination of Real Madrid and uh, in 2018 and the Champions League final in twenty seventeen, in um, Cardiff. But at that point, Juve was like, you know, right on the cusp of winning the Champions League four out of the last or three out of the last four seasons at that point, right? And they've brought in Ronaldo and they've lost in the quarterfinals to Ajax, round of 16 to Lyon, and round of 16 to Porto since they've gotten him. like They they haven't even been close to winning a Champions League with Ronaldo. They've been much worse considering they had two Champions League finals in the three years before signing him. So it's just funny to think about that. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of anything, but it's just a funny thing to think about.
1: Well, Louis, how do you... Do you chalk any of that up to Allegri and his coaching style versus now with Pirlo and how we're playing underneath him right now? Not necessarily. Actually, i um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> Actually, I think
2: that um, the Allegri style, I think it was pragmatic and it got Juve. It was basically like Juve had a higher floor, but a lower ceiling. And then as Juve is evolving into a more attacking team, I think that Juve is not necessarily there yet with you know some of the European powers that they'd like to be, like Bayern and like Real Madrid of old and Barcelona of old. But um, I would say that, I mean, sorry last year, that just wasn't really working for a lot of reasons. And I think that the Pirlo team this year, there was so much turnover with the squad that and it, it was known that this is a project. Like a lot of people that don't follow Juve that closely just see the Juventus name and they see Ronaldo and they, they think that Juve is a Champions League contender. And Juve could have easily knocked out some of the Champions League heavyweights um, if they had a good performance. Because if Juve performs well, they are a very, very good team, but they just don't have the consistency yet and they're still learning how to play as this new. Group because the the Pirlo style is completely different than any Juve team we've ever seen and there's I mean you should look at the investment this summer it was Arthur, it was Chiesa it was McKinney it was all all those guys are 23 24 and under um so it's a huge investment in youth you got Dragushin you got Demiral you got Delict all of them are under 23 so most of the squad now is youth and it's about building towards the future and maybe Pirlo is the guy maybe not I hope he is but if he is the guy he has to um you know he has to improve as a coach and I think he will learn you know how to it's not necessarily about the tactics but it's about getting the most out of his squad on a consistent basis because that against Porto for the first leg entirely and the first half of the second leg it was horrendous like, absolutely horrendous.
1: That was very yeah, emotional. Am well, I no, that was not a, emotional um, compared to what Louie and I have done in the past. Circa, Real Madrid, and the bogus penalty. But
0: <laughs> Not a bogus penalty.
1: It was bogus bullshit penalty. defending
0: from Benatia because he sucks. The bogus penalty came in this game because that was so a That, that penalty, penalty was horrible. Nice that yeah, wasn't even was because trendy. that was not a penalty by any yeah. circumstance. I mean, I, feel I have like to credit. Nothing
2: really went right. I have to credit Pepe for unbelievable game as a thirty-eight-year-old. Like he, how was, the heck is oh yeah, he? I saw
1: him out there. I was like, no way, this man is still playing,
2: dude. He, I don't think he's played like that in years. I think he just mustered that out of himself. But also with it, with all the credit due to Pepe. He also completely committed a penalty on Morata. He pushed him with both arms, <laughs> and it was that was a. I mean, it wasn't. It was also sort of a soft penalty, but it was worse than the penalty that the refs gave.
0: Right, but that's a Pepe performance.
2: It is. Oh, but the the greatest Pepe performance has to be. I don't even remember. I don't remember Sergio Oliveira, but whoever. Um, got fouled and then laid on the ground and then
1: he looked up at the ref <laughs> oh my gosh i texted you dude. about that when it happened
0: dude i we, literally I, saw I, that I, Jesus oh my
1: Christ. god that was at the end did of that, the game when they were trying yeah, to just no, that kill was time
2: the, he was yeah he was time wasting but oh my that's like the cardinal sin of like that's the number one thing that people hate about football and like he just did yeah it. that's that's oh a major god. thing i
1: hate about the about soccer that's for sure dude
2: that even even football fans like is a lot of football fans are okay with certain amount of gamesmanship, but if you do that, like he clearly was not hurt, he was looking for the ref. Like, that's too much. Like even Picking Neymar
1: between his hands with his eyes like, to make sure he was looking. Like that's a straight up rat move. Like even
2: Neymar, he'll dive and he'll roll around, but then he'll get back up and be like, "Okay, I'm done with that." He was like, "Oh man!" No, that
1: was Neymar esque <laughs> for sure.
2: No, no, the, there's that, you know the video of well, Devin, about Louise, a, a, Devin I Louise. I don't know yeah. what's
1: worse, him doing that or the barrel roll when he gets his foot stepped on. Like, I think they're both really bad and it, it, they both look stupid.
2: No, the, the peeking through your hands is worse. That one's worse because you can see the look on his face too. He was like, he was almost like laughing a little bit. He was like giggling. He had like this like smug smile on his face.
1: Yeah, and Neymar <laughs> pops up after barrel rolling and smirks too. I think it's i i just hate that part of the game so much It drives me nuts
2: yeah, but neymar is celebrated for that in brazil like they love neymar for the diving because in in brazil it's considered like acting like if you fool the refs in brazil it's like a positive it's like you did something great versus yeah, just that, like that's trying to pathetic. waste time Brazil, yeah, really you it be is but it's it's the you culture of their brazil. sport like that's it's act, it's the culture of the sport in brazil like that's it's it's what they do like brazil's big for the flair like the the dancing around and all the tricks and the showing off and then also trying to draw fouls that don't exist if you can fool the refs that's seen as a positive in brazil
1: and that's so. why you well, yeah, lose I to mean, germany again, 7 to 1 <laughs>
0: oh, i mean again fool. it's perfectly fine if you want to be about the flair and the skill but if you want to live in a world of make believe where you think you're getting fouled that's more of a mental illness so I, don't know I mean, it coming. does take
2: it. It it it's like so, I, I could I, I could see where they're coming from because it is like it's like acting. It's like a skill. Like you just fooled somebody. It's like you just pranked the ref, dude.
1: Like <laughs> well, or being tactically sound. Yeah, but you're taking yeah, a lose. Does, like does that. Neymar
0: get up and say it was just a prank, bro? Because I've never heard him say it. No,
1: dude, it's implied. I don't
0: know. If, you flop, don't if <laughs> yeah. you flop, you're a loser. Let's move on. If you flop, you're a loser. <laughs> Joe's point. You're a
1: little just a little I mean hey, I don't know. Does anything one. else you
0: want to comment on the Juve game? Because I oh well I guess we should talk about Maratta. Because-
1: Wait, I I wanna bring up the the point you made to see what Lou thinks about it, because I don't think we talked about it. Uh you said because we had the extra man and extra time, we should have had someone laying down behind oh, the wall 100 because
0: i see premier league teams do it all the time and they look so dumb and the one time you don't <laughs> do
2: Uve, it Juve does it too it they have quadrado lay down all the time Yeah, but we had an they, extra guy always we
0: did do it that's the point like you literally here's the thing and Pirlo actually took personal responsibility for this in the interview ronaldo and maratha should not have been in the wall that is never where they should be ever they're not going to put their body on the line for that that should not have been yeah. those two. And there should have been someone else laying on the ground. That's just how it is. You had the extra man too. There was no excuse. None.
2: I also don't I don't really think it should be a talking point. Like I think it's so minute over the course of a game. Like to me, I genuinely don't care. Like yeah, there should have been someone under the wall and Juve does that a lot. I think the oh, reason there it's wasn't minute,
0: but it's the little details. That's like that's what lost the game. It's the little things. That's what lost you the game. You know, yeah, but the reason
2: there wasn't someone under the wall is basically just because they believed that it wouldn't be possible to get it under the wall and with enough velocity to beat Chesney because we'd have to. It's yeah. you can't hit it from 40 yards without it. And again, none of this hitting is hitting the turf at all. You
0: shouldn't have even been in extra time for any reason whatsoever against Porto. That shouldn't yeah, have that, even been a position you were in. Yeah, that's there's the so main many point. different things
1: know, that you can add up over the course of the game. Those little things, like Zach was saying, that. That ended up losing us the game. And when you keep missing out on those little things, it does cost you the game. So I know we can kind of dismiss it as like, oh, we should have done that. But we should have had a guy laying down behind the wall there. I don't know how and- Juve
2: only scored two goals in that second half, also. They had like 24 shots in the second half and only two went in. Like they were just like, it was like just an onslaught.
1: Well, yeah. Ronaldo was busy sending moon balls out of the stadium yeah it, it, for some reason his first touch was terrible
2: like it was genuinely and then when he did get the ball he was t- he took a few shots on like a half volley that was just so ill advised like Juve had numbers and he just goes for and then there was a couple times where Juve was building up nice possession and he just tries to rocket one from right outside the box and it hit the defender and went straight back to Porto on like a counterattack cuz it was rolling out and also the way Porto was set up they were set up In such a deep counterattacking, like I'm talking about like Newcastle United, Big Sam Allardyce, like (laughs) we have 11 men back behind the ball. And then once we get the ball, we're like a rocket ship just shooting down the other end. Like Porto was so deep in the counterattack so that if you give the ball away in the wrong area, especially if you give it away on like it gets a blocked shot, that's just, you know, volleying back the other way that Porto just
1: already has numbers going back and, like, <laughs> it's just annoying to defend. Well, that was what we were talking about when Ronaldo just kind of put the blinders on and was like, I'm just going to have to do this myself. And he just isn't capable mm-hmm. of that anymore.
0: In his defense, did- he did do it against Atletico. He almost did it against Leon, And he was still very good in those games. This was just not his day whatsoever not even close Worst and the first the leg
2: was, the first leg as well he tried to play hero ball and that didn't work either Yeah, the first leg was a complete debacle but at least they had it so that they had an away goal it was 2-1 like they could have easily wiped that especially if they they didn't even score in the first they were down 1-0 at halftime but imagine if Juve got the goal in the first half it was 1-0 Juve at halftime and then they came with that intensity in the second half like the score would have been 3-0 would have been easy you know yeah. I think, I, got, I think if Juve got I think if got an early goal it would have been so much easier for them. Like I think honestly the worst part of the two-legged draw would have been their performance in the first half and not even that they gave up that penalty cuz that was it was a soft penalty but it was a mistake nonetheless. But I think if they came out and had a like if they scored in the first 15 minutes I think it could have been a route like it, it, I, I could have seen, especially the, with how well they were playing in the second half. Genuinely with how much possession they had and how many quality chances. And also I forget the name of Porto's goalkeeper, but my goodness, he, Marcus, he was yeah. heroic. I think he had like 14 saves in total. He was phenomenal. And also there was a Chiesa shot that hit the bar that you remember when Pepe tackled him on an empty net and it just went off the bar I don't know how Cuadrado hit the bar in that spectacular shot. But then also Chiesa had he he rounded the goalkeeper, but then he just couldn't get there fast enough. And Pepe saved it on the line. Man, I I don't know how that Chiesa shot didn't go in. Chiesa would have had the hattie too. Porto would have been demoralized like that. That would have been it right there. You know, there was so many 50 50 breaks that just went for Porto's way. I mean, credit to them. But um, I'm not that discouraged by the Juve loss as a Juve fan. Like, it, it is embarrassing that they lost to Porto. And I think it is a worse loss than the Leon loss and worse than the Ajax loss. Um, because of the team there. I think the Ajax team was actually amazing. And that Leon team yeah, last Ajax year Ajax was quite... The Ajax loss can be
0: chopped up to a fluke. And Spurs' win against Ajax can also just equally be a fluke at that point. That,
2: dude, that, that was like superhuman that whole, Lucas That whole Champions Mora. League season... <laughs> Didn't he complete... score, like, four goals in in, that, in the second half? It was what three it look... goals
0: in the second half. Dude, that World was... Which in a 96-minute, last kick in the game. Yeah, that...
2: That wasn't... Like, Ajax should have been in the Champions League final, and that team was, like... that. It wasn't even that... I mean, they had the talent with, like, Delict and De Jong, but that team, top to bottom, was just so good, and they played so well together. Like, that was a historically yeah, no. good Ajax team.
0: And that potentially would... And that would have been a much harder game for Liverpool to win... Especially, yeah, I genuinely, Salah I think was coming back from an injury mm-hmm. at that point, so.
2: And it wouldn't have been such a terrible game. That 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 Liverpool Tottenham game was so boring.
0: I know, but I know there were a couple of our performances we wanted to mention. Do you want to briefly talk about Morata? <laughs> we
2: gonna. Can we save the, the offside rule to the end, though? Because that's a meme. That's hilarious.
0: Fine, fine. Well, um, I just
1: love that every single time. Murata would like make a run. In the back mm-hmm. of my head, I would be like, know he was on side when he got the ball, but I was like, if we score here, they're gonna like, var it, and it's gonna come back mm-hmm. every single time. I honestly thought uh, Chiesa's first goal was gonna be off. I was I was very
2: relieved when he was on side because I thought Murata was off in the buildup on Chiesa's first goal, but they reviewed it and it was good.
0: I mean, it was great. Look, I mean, the only player, in my opinion, I mean, there were some. Decent performers out there. The only player who really looked like he deserved to be out there for Juve was Chiesa.
2: Oh, no doubt. I might get a Chiesa jersey. He was heroic. (laughs) is honestly
0: fantastic. Yeah, Chiesa's been yeah. really good. I wouldn't say he's been incredible this season, but as of late, the last two months where Ronaldo hasn't really been there, Chiesa's been the one stepping up.
1: Well, Yeah, he's I been mean, the all, best player on the team a lot of games recently. All
2: competitions, I think he's at something like 12 goals, 10 assists, a little little more than halfway through the season. So that, I mean, for what he came in for and considering he wasn't featured that heavily in the beginning of the season, I think that's a great season for him.
0: He, Yeah, he's got... well. I can't actually see his assists for some reason. I think
2: I think in Syria he's at like eight goals, seven assists in Syria in like twenty games. And or approximately. Wait, he's got
0: four Champions League goals. I don't see his assists mm-hmm. here. He's got six goals, five assists in Syria in twenty matches, and he's got a goal in okay. Coppa Italia.
1: So do better research, Zuck. You should know the numbers.
0: I don't know cool. the numbers on Federico Chiesa. <laughs> juventus is in my team to research i leave that to the italians yeah, but yeah. if we're not going to discuss Maratta now unless you want to because there were plenty of other interesting games that happened that were more interesting than juve porto because this should have been a wrap and it wasn't <laughs> so
2: you want to talk about the dortmund versus Sevilla?
0: i really want to talk about it for one moment one moment only and i called joe about it and joe didn't even know what i was talking about because i didn't know mm-hmm. what i was talking about and i told you what Luke, were you talking neither about was
1: i not remember this is was a
0: relatively yes the this holland is all about Valley. holland this is oh. it's, it's more it's all it's about everything erling holland first of all erling holland was incredible on night again another brace um he had a he had a relatively easy goal I believe it was, in his first, in the 35th minute. Yeah, it was was a tap-in. Yeah, but the other one was just (laughs) bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Erling Holland was running through on goal. He absolutely took a defender out. Pure strength. The kid's an animal. And he he, uh, got (laughs) the ball around the keeper and he scored. Um, And that was fine. Whatever. The goal stood. No foul, no offside, no nothing. But then... Out of nowhere, and this doesn't make any sense to me because there was no whistle blown, no flag raised, no nothing. VAR intervenes and pulls it back for a penalty for Erling Holland, which doesn't make any sense. So they canceled his goal to give him a penalty. (laughs) He missed the. He didn't miss the penalty. He had his penalty saved because the keeper was off his line. They resumed play two minutes later. They find the keeper was off his line, so they retake the penalty, <laughs> and Holland scores that one, and gets in the keeper's face and celebrates in his face. That's awesome. Because I he, had no idea be, that happened. Because the keeper had basically... I guess the keeper was taunting Holland after he missed him, after he had saved his penalty, which I thought was kind of scummy, because it was a Holland goal. Holland had thoroughly destroyed Sevilla's defense, so I thought that was kind of karma. And Holland sums it up best. He says, and I quote, First of all, it was a nice goal before, but then it was a penalty, and then I missed, and then he cheated, and then I took it again, and then I scored when he didn't cheat.
1: <laughs> the champions for Bleach Report should 100% do something like that. With Direct quote from
0: Erling Holland. <laughs> and then, and then in, in typical Erling Holland fashion, they gave this long statement about how he was Norway's top goal scorer in the competition eclipsing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and Holland said, That's nice. He's only played 14 Champions
2: League games, and he's already Norway's top scorer in Champions League. That's correct. You know what's the craziest stat? So Holland scored his 20th goal against Sevilla in 14 matches. Correct. Do you know how many matches it took for Messi and Ronaldo to hit 20 Champions League goals?
1: Forty and fifty six. Forty two. Yeah, 56.
2: you you saw the you saw the stat, dude. That's <laughs> insane. No, I I remember Holland had that crazy group stage for uh, Salzburg. But um, that's he's where a lot of those He's still going goals at a goal from. a game but right dude, now, dude. It's it's ridiculous.
0: I don't know. I also just think there there is also just one other thing that I, I I remember I was watching Rabona TV and he brought us up about Holland. I never thought of it, but it's so true. Erling Holland, whenever he scores a goal, he's just so his celebrations are just so genuine. <laughs> the way he yeah. like gets with all of his teammates, like he celebrates the team. As opposed to just yeah. himself. Like, he's hungry for goals for his team, not for himself. Like Sounds like really a refreshing. hockey guy. I like Ar- Arlen well, He's, he's a Nordic lad. Awesome he's player. Norwegian. Right. <laughs> he's an awesome player. I I, I I appreciate him a lot for the way he is. Also, he's just like the, so, <laughs> the way he carries so himself funny. on the pitch. Uh, he's hilarious, honestly. Um but there really wasn't much else in this game. Sevilla made a 2-2 near the end. It got a little nervy, pretty interesting. It was 5-4. If Sevilla had scored one more, I believe they would have actually gone through on aggregate, which would have honestly been calamitous from Dortmund for them to have screwed that up. But I thought Sevilla's did.
2: subs were so good. Papu Gomez and Rakitic like, completely turned the game upside down. They were so oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I told you sure. they put up a good fight. Also, El Naziri... He's amazing. Did you see him in that game? Yeah, the Sevilla striker. Him. I forget what his first name is, but he's unbelievable. Like he was, he was just taking half chances, and like everything that came off his foot was dangerous. He's an
0: incredible also, shooter. Joe, can... Just, just for you, um, Sevilla also had six yellow cards.
1: Oh, dude! I he, saw that. Everyone in the had box a yellow. score. I loved it. I was. I wish Sevilla went through solely because of that. If you're yeah. going to play physically, Rodriguez, you deserve the Rodriguez,
0: Fernando, Jordan, Acuna, Carlos, and Kunde all had yellows.
1: Yeah, scrolling no, through speaking, the thing on the ESPN app, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I love that.
2: Speaking of yellows, if, if you don't mind if I take a hard pivot here, this is, Joe will love this. <laughs> um, I was taking a look at uh, Pavel Nedved's career um, the other day. And I guess, I mean, most of his playing career was before... I was able to watch Juve regularly because back in the day it was it was hard to get the games. Plus, I was a little kid for most of his prime. Young, boy. but uh, I did not realize the record of yellow cards that Nedved had. It's insane, <laughs> like the amount of like critical, <laughs> um, like Champions League games that he missed due to yellow card accumulation and red cards. And like even for Czech Republic, like he had to miss. Um, they were in, I think it was Euro. 2000 no, he
0: had a lot he had like a temper like he had a lot of yellow and red cards i didn't realize that oh he, he,
2: he played with played like physical with an edge no no he it, uh they called him you know what his nickname was right no. Fu- furia Checa. they called him the Czech fury that was his <laughs> oh. name he was he's like he's basically like i would compare him to like the the big comparison I was chiesa so just imagine like federico chiesa but like as intense as Vidal like the skill of Chiesa with drunk but, arturo vibes with with drunk arturo like balls to the wall two two footed tackles studs up <laughs> and like he also had he was a lot stronger than like he had the skill of Chiesa and like the how Chiesa like when he runs he goes for it but he also had a body type that was like he was he's like 5'10 but he was like a like a more solid burly dude stronger body and uh like he would he would body people especially as a winger like he's not tall but for a winger he's like definitely on the bigger side so he's kind of like a mix between like drunk arturo and um and kiesa with like a little bit of i don't even know what else. like it, the rest of him is just unique i don't even know what else to compare him to but i didn't realize like even the the euro 2000 final when czech republic defied all odds and made it to the final against france Um, he had to miss the final due to yellow card accumulation and they were like, they were not up to speed without him. Like he, he had to carry that team and he sadly wasn't able to play in the final. He also missed the Juve. I think he missed the 2003 champions league final against Milan, which was a very disappointing zero zero draw that went to penalties that Pirlo won for Milan. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny because thinking of like the Juve spirit, like I just didn't realize the number of yellow cards. that like I don't even know what the stat is, but the number of yellow cards he had, especially as an attacker, was insane.
1: <laughs> hey, thank I can appreciate it a little bit again. more I'm, now.
0: Thank you for making everything about Juve yeah. again, Lou. I appreciate it. I told you this anyway, is the Juve podcast today. We had to focus Today's on Juve first,
1: baby. Juve first.
0: But I think that's pretty much all you had to say. Honestly, Dorman Sevilla was just Holland versus Sevilla, and Holland's hilarious. So that's really all that mattered. PSG Barcelona. Nothing really that interesting here besides kind of a similar thing that we were talking about. Messi can't carry Barcelona anymore on his own. That's obvious. Um, don't you think
2: it's Don't you think it's kind of poetic how this last Champions League tie from Tuesday to Wednesday, it shows Messi and Ronaldo are faltering in their careers and it's like also at the same time the ascension of Mbappe and Holland, because both Mbappe and Holland have been unbelievable this year in the Champions League. And Messi mm-hmm. and Ronaldo have been them individually and their teams have been very flat in the Champions League this year. It's definitely Something a passing just of like, the
0: torch, for sure. Yeah I also there's a power shift. after seeing after seeing how PSG, you know, carried themselves in this game and the last game, it actually put it actually gives me a little bit more faith mm-hmm. in Pochettino and what he's doing at PSG. Mm-hmm. even though this was a weaker Barcelona, I just think the way they're carrying themselves in games now is just—it's really. Yeah, impressive.
2: it didn't really look like they had. It didn't really look like they were shaky in previous years where you thought they'd give up goals. They just looked solid
0: throughout. Yeah, I think that they look. I just think Pacentino yeah. is like inspired them a little bit, and I also know like you know him being there, um, and that South American connection with you know some of their players like Di Maria and Neymar. Who obvious? Who Di Maria was able to come back. I don't remember. I don't think Neymar was back yet. Um, no, Neymar didn't play. But it's one of those things where, um, I just thought it was really. I just thought it was a good performance from PSG, and I'm and I'm liking the way PSG look under Tuchel. Um, notable for Barcelona, um, Serginho Dest was lively. Um, just USMNT reporting as usual on this end here. Uh, Dest was really good. Um, Pedri, obviously, age 18, Pedri is excellent. He is excellent. Um, probably going to be one of the best central midfielders in the world one day. I think he's the closest thing Barcelona have to, you know, an Iniesta or Xavi type player who can dictate play in midfield. Um, De Jong at the back was interesting. I didn't think this was a bad game from Barcelona by any means, but of course, when you're trying to overturn a deficit, um, it's never going to be easy. And this isn't a Barcelona team that was going pur- to make a comeback. So, not too many thoughts on that besides. I just, I just enjoy well, the way well, people play. When it comes
1: to a big game, Spurs have a tendency to be rather. Spursy? That's the word. So I asked myself if I were British and wanted oh to win a trophy. What
0: would I do? So I organized a baking competition. Now every competition is judges, so I found the most judgmental and also out of work people that I know. And to ensure that we win, I've had the boys practicing baking for weeks now. Hopefully this works, and we should win because after all, I wonder all, if Mbappe is good at baking.
1: That was just an honor of Pochettino.
0: At Spurs, <laughs> when he was still sparsing. <laughs> well, he has silverware now. He does have silverware now. After boom roasted, days. boom, um, good. For and him. then I could win. Though. I'm also just. I'm also gonna address that. my absurd prediction that I made, which wasn't really a prediction. I just did it for the crack. I said Leipzig would score free goals against Liverpool to advance. <laughs> I was instead, about to bring that up. And instead, Liverpool, after somehow losing to, um, let me get this right, because I. Oh, that's right. Fucking Fulham. <laughs> who are in relegation zone, they somehow beat Leipzig 2-0. And five straight advanced. losses at home. You and underestimated the power
2: of Fabines, dude. Fabinho came back and they look completely different.
0: Well, I didn't know he was gonna be back. <laughs> so
2: Well, I, you should have done your research, Doc.
0: Yeah, I didn't know either, but you could
2: see like if they have one of their defenders, like if they have either one of Van Dyke or Fabinho or like someone to stabilize that team, they're not terrible.
0: Well, I think Fabinho being in front of Quebec was definitely better for Quebec as well. So, yeah, Quebec's kind of just been thrown off the deep end. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's 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 definitely been a little bit harsh on him. Um, It would be interesting to see if Liverpool somehow go on a run in the Champions League and win the Champions League and qualify for it next year. I don't think it's gonna happen. That's the only way they're
2: qualifying to at this point. (laughs) I mean there's still I don't, think it's t- I don't know happen. how many points back they are. The the odds they win the Champions League are like
1: 1%. But they're also still a within lot of rumors striking about distance Salah leaving of four. or
0: Mane leaving. I mean,
1: they're still within striking distance of fourth place though. It's not over, but they definitely need to yeah, string together a good win streak.
2: With an Arsenal win, they're only 2 points above Arsenal. So that's pretty horrendous.
0: Yes, <laughs> Do they have games at Arsenal no? have not come back yet. No. Well, Arsenal um, have yeah. a game in hand on Liverpool. I just think, I think it's a, a
1: little premature to rule them completely out. I still think they're. But time. also
0: keep in mind, Aston Villa, if they win both of their next games, they'll go ahead of Liverpool.
1: <laughs> hey, Chelsea on the tumble. Get ready for it.
0: I don't know if don't Chelsea's Chelsea been kind
2: be of solid the... under Tuchel. It, it'll wear off soon. Be on it's the, tumble. It's
1: the uh, initial firing of your coach, and your team performs well for a little bit. It's true. At some point, the boost runs out.
0: It's also the five at the back, which Premier League teams can't break down ever. Which we found. Dude, it's like
2: FIFA. It's the same as FIFA, dude. Everyone plays five at the back. You just can't break them down. (laughs) (laughs) Not unless you get a couple of red cards.
0: To be fair, what's hilarious is somehow West Ham are still in the race for top four.
2: Dude, Lingardino scored again last weekend. It was nuts.
0: I think it was a penalty he
2: scored though. Lingardino actually been good. I'm just going to... I mean, le- the past I'm month, Lingardino has been more honestly. effective he's than a, Ronaldo. He's a great
0: meme, but I'm so glad that he's doing well. Because there's. Real, I really... I, you can't hate him as a person. No,
1: honestly... They, I have mean, they been wearing those jerseys that they always went in now a lot more recently? Or are they, like, figuring out how to win he's on, other he's jerseys? On West,
2: he's on West Ham, mate.
1: But, are you talking about West Ham jerseys? Yeah. There's a West Ham jersey they always went in? I thought that was just a United jersey. No, no, I'm pretty sure that West Ham has a very similar thing going on.
2: Oh, I, I don't know. I only knew about the the black and white that
1: Pogba always scores in for Man United. Yeah, I have maybe no I'm, the West maybe Ham I things. am thinking of that, and I'm mixing things up. I don't know.
0: You're mixing it up, Joe.
1: It's a late. It's late. Sorry. <laughs>
0: it, it doesn't matter what what jersey Lingard wears. He's always got a pair of hammers. Um, and as <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> as, as an Arsenal. As that an Arsenal could have been the
2: sympathizer best you've ever said on this podcast.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was as an Arsenal sympathizer though, the fact that Lingard and I love you I love how you're not on, going as far as to say Alex you're stadium. a fan.
0: You're a sympathizer. Like you're an Arsenal sympathizer. Well no, like right,
2: to say the only reason why I don't say I'm an Arsenal fan, like Arsenal is by far the team I support in Premier League, but it's like to say I'm an Arsenal fan would underscore me as a Juve fan. Because like I am undoubtedly a Juve fan. I watch every Juve game and, like, you know, I, I've been a UV fan. I will always be a UV fan. But, like, Arsenal, like, I follow Arsenal when I can. And, like, I'm loyal to them to where I'm not going to root for another Premier League team over them. But I'm not going to act like I watch every Arsenal game. And, you know, I'm, I'm not like a loyal fan in that respect. But uh, they are my Premier League team that I support. And, like, I don't, I'm not going to support any other team over them. But, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to claim to be an Arsenal fan. <laughs> just a sympathetic. but, but, but just the fact—the fact that before... he, yeah, what's up? The fact—the the fact that Lingard Millie rocked on the Emirates crowd, like that is—it's just so funny. Like, <laughs> 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 do you remember that? Yes. The just the Millie rock like that—it's so disrespectful. It's so ridiculous because it's Lingard, but it's also so funny.
0: <laughs> okay. Before we get off track with this crap. We're gonna go off the rails, baby.
1: That's when our best content comes through.
0: I want to die. I want to talk more because we haven't gotten to have Lou's take on his Champions League predictions for next week's games, and I also want to alter a couple of mine. I don't even remember what
1: I made mine. I'll think about it. Jesus Christ,
2: (laughs) Zach! (laughs) Remember when we said Mo Salah would be the top scorer in the Premier League? Remember we were like pretty heavy on that.
0: Well, yeah, and he is.
2: (laughs) Well, he still is. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, haven't so been watching I haven't been watching this. How, how? How many goals does he have?
0: 17. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He leads. That's hilarious. Second is, second is Bruno Fernandez with 16.
2: That's hilarious. I didn't even realize Mo Salah was still top scorer. I thought that take was hilariously aged. I thought he only had like 10 or 12 goals. <laughs> no. No. I guess no, a lot of them. How many of them are scorer. penalties, though? How many of those are penalties?
0: Not a lot.
2: Because Bruno Fernandez probably has like what out of that sixteen, he probably has like seven or eight penalties.
0: Uh, I want to say he has six, six
1: penalties. Can you sort? Defense, that? In
0: Bruno Fernandez's defense, he has six. Bruno Fernandez has like sixteen goals and eleven assists this season. Well, yeah, in the Premier yeah, League I, he's he is unbelievable. His
2: playmaking is his playmaking is huge, but like I think the goal number is like overselling his contribution as a goal scorer because of all the penalties. But also, oh, I don't know yeah. a better way to. Uh, I don't know a better way to do it. Like, a, obviously, a, a penalty is still a goal, but like, it's a much easier goal. I'm than still any gonna. Other kind of goal. I'm,
0: I'm still gonna say he's an elite. He he's an elite attacking midfielder. He's elite. Oh, definitely. Honestly,
2: definitely.
1: Um, I don't think anyone's questioning that.
0: Oh yeah, no for sure. Hey, Delioli and and
1: Laporte both have zero goals. Just so you guys know. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. The Ox the
1: Ox has more goals than Deli Ali does.
0: The Ox. Oh but anyway, Louis Um obviously you know the scores from the last games. So Real mm-hmm. Madrid Atalanta. Mm-hmm. What are you saying?
2: Oh man. Uh as much as I want Atalanta to go through, it's not it's not gonna happen, lads. It's
1: not happening.
0: Really? It's only a one 0 deficit though. They could overturn it.
1: And yeah, after but- that bogus red card, too.
2: I think Atalanta's chance was in the first leg. I think they had chances to score. I just don't think it's going to happen in the second leg. I mean, the with the way they've been playing recently, I think they sort of lost. I'm not going to like so I'm gonna say they lost a lot of their mojo, not to where they're not a quality team, but I think well, I don't the know days if of...
0: I don't know about that. They lost to Inter 1-0, but they beat Cretone 5-1. They beat Sampdoria 2-0. They beat Napoli 4-2. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're done yet.
1: They're all over the yeah, place, th- though.
0: Th-
2: yeah, I, I, Atalanta has some really bad results this year. I think they had a lot of turmoil uh, when Papu Gomez left, and um, I just see it as Atalanta, the the two or three, two about two and a half year run where they were like legitimate, like Italian title <laughs> challengers, at least outside challengers, but had a real shot to win the Italian league, and like that run last year in the Champions League and I even mean this year to a certain point where they were like dangerous to any team they play they even went toe to toe with PSG but i just don't see them as being that dangerous as much going forward like I, it just seems like they've lost a little bit i don't know if Gasparini is getting figured out as a as a manager i don't know if the players are just getting fatigued because they're sort of a thin squad in terms of top end talent like if they're going to play they could rotate the squad against some of the lower Italian teams, like in the Copa. But in terms of like Syria, like they need to play their best eleven against most teams in Serie A just to stay, you know, competitive in the Champions League Europa League places. I just don't see this as the same at Atalanta that, you know, was was the darling of Italian football and and European football.
0: Yeah, I guess that. So I would prediction. love for them to beat
2: Real Madrid. I think it's going to be probably a zero zero. That'll uh, be my guess. I think be so it's gonna a be a flat. Result. I, dude, I just don't really have a good feeling. I'd love to be proven wrong. Why should be like four two Atlanta, but I'm feeling that's a zero zero prediction just,
1: right there. It's gonna
0: be uh, one gonna, of the two though. To be honest, it would be a four two or a 0-0. It really it's true because Atlanta comes to play.
2: If yeah, it's true. If they break through, then it's gonna be it's gonna be back and forth. if if, if one team gets an early goal, then you know it's gonna be frenetic. But it's also true. it could Even be. if it's one Real
0: Madrid who gets an early goal, it's gonna they're gonna it's gonna be. Oh yeah,
2: then then Atalanta's Atalanta's playing two at the back and just going <laughs> just full set. That's also that also is not bad either to hope for because if Real Madrid gets an early goal, that's honestly not much better for them because then they get Atalanta with nothing to lose <laughs> that they're already down. And Atlanta, like, there's no pressure on them because no one really, like, no one's gonna fault Atlanta for not beating Real Madrid. So, like, they could just new, go no for one it, going for two. Oh yes, <laughs> dude, I'd love a four-two.
0: That'd be awesome. I also just hate Real Madrid.
1: <laughs> yeah, the
0: Italian Real in just me also
1: wants to pick Atlanta really badly. Do um,
0: it, Joe.
1: Hmm. I really want to say Atalanta two to one, but I feel like it's gonna be Atalanta will score and then Real will, Atala- will score. Atlanta
2: two one s- Atlanta two one would be uh um Real Madrid would advance if it was Atalanta two one
1: for cause uh, um, No, because Atalanta would have two away goals and they would only add one. No,
2: wasn't the first game
1: one well, nothing. Oh, oh okay, you're right. I forgot. I thought the first game was at Madrid. <clears throat> Nah, Atalanta. So wait,
0: Atalanta could really do this.
1: I think uh, because it's one zero, it's possible. And it really took Real Madrid a heck of a lot to break them down, even though they had an extra player for like eighty minutes, basically. Mm-hmm. So I do think Atalanta has potential to win this. And I mm-hmm. I you know what? I'll just say two one Atalanta. Why not? I'll ride with the yes. Italians. Right.
0: Yes. Number two. Um Clusterfuck versus oil money.
1: Oil money 3-3 three, mm. three nothing probably.
0: Yes, probably.
2: I'm going to say 1-0 Man City, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> 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 I think I think Man City's going to advance like It I would mean, take I, would love no, I mean,
0: if I'm being honest, I'd love nothing mm. more than for Man City and Bayern to both advance and play each other just so one of them is gone.
1: Dude, that's a yeah. legit possibility. And that would be a heck of a matchup as well. Probably. Like the yeah. final before the final. Yeah. Although what's
0: the
2: midfielder on Munching Gladback? What's his name? Neuhaus? Yeah. You know what I'm talking
0: about? Yeah, he's incredible. Like And Mark and Marcus really, really good. Yes.
2: Is he the he's the son of Lillian Tarem, right? Yeah. Juve somewhat legend who left when they got relegated, but Juve legend before that.
0: <laughs> I mean, Gladbach is, like, they're a good side. They were a good side. They've just kind of <laughs> fallen apart this season, so they really don't have a chance. If this was Gladbach last season, I would have given them a shot, but not this time.
2: I also think that even despite the loss to Man United, I think Man City is sort of on a roll. They figure themselves out, and, like, I really don't see them. They They could even lose, but I don't see them collapsing to where they get knocked out. Like, it just no. doesn't really seem probable.
0: It wouldn't happen. I wouldn't bet against much in Gladbach to somehow do it because they're a team that does weird stuff sometimes, but I don't Mm -hmm. think they're doing it this
1: time. That ain't happening.
0: (laughs) Up next, Bayern Lazio. I mean, this is just going to be the Germans beating up, I don't know. I could have said something much more messed up. I'm not going to say it. Wait, theoretically (laughs) here?
1: Yeah, let's keep it PC. Theoretically here, <laughs> how many goals would Lazio have to score? Um, say, say it's would have to four be a four 0 game. Oh my god! It'd yeah, be a they, four 0 game. Yeah, so they probably have to win like five one basically on the road. Yes. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> that is a don't. A do lot that. of times you
0: say there's
2: you say there's a chance, but for this one, no.
0: Yeah, it's no, like honestly. <laughs> like you look at the games at Atalanta, they have a chance. Gladbach is a lot slimmer, but they have a chance. Lazio, no.
2: It ain't happening, Chief. It's not, not today. happening.
1: Not even <laughs> what do we say? Three one, probably. I don't even think they get a it goals. doesn't
2: even it doesn't even matter. Like I don't None even know what Byron Bayern could roll out their U twenty one squad and lose 3-0... And they'd still advance. <laughs> like it, You're I don't even know the
0: U twenty three squad would lose.
2: I said U nineteen.
1: Did, did I say U nineteen? No, I thought you said U twenty one. I guess we all heard different oh. numbers there.
0: Either way, Dude, my, I still my think brain's a little nineteen beats Lazio.
2: No, that that's disrespect right there. Lazio is a very very good team. Lazio actually very,
0: beat Atlanta this year. That was a long. Lazio Lazio beat a, a lot ago. of top teams. Yeah, that was January. Um, hey, was Lazio same. would just
1: December, fly around January. and just like kick every one of those kids in the face, uh, if because the, they would just feel disrespected. Because that's how I Lazio mean. Did you is.
2: see the? Did you see the Juve Lazio game uh, last Saturday, which feels like ages ago, but it was only a week ago? Um, like Lazio was really giving Juve the business, and then Juve found a way to pull through, and they ended up winning three one. But um, and also sad to say, that was probably the best Juve performance of the season unfortunately three days before actually it wasn't their worst performance but their worst result because they didn't advance <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know but Lazio I mean Lazio is a real real team like they're they're not as good as the Lazio that finished runner-up to Juve they're not as good as the lot and even Lazio up until the pandemic started until the, the lockdown Lazio they looked like they were the actually going like they actually had a real chance to win the league they had a lot of injuries and the team didn't really come back. They lost a lot of the momentum after the restart and after the restart they were quite bad. They had a lot of bad losses and they just lost a lot of games in general. The record wasn't very good. At the beginning of this season they were also for the first month or two they were like in October they were still in 16th. But since then Lazio's been quite formidable. Like they don't really have any that many bad results since you know November December.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're not gonna true. beat Bayern, but they're not gonna no, lose mm-hmm. to a, a farm team of theirs either, so
2: Yeah. Also with that that's still with the Bayern little... game. I would say any team playing Bayern, but particularly the Lazio on the first leg, like even though the, the score said four one Bayern, like a lot of times when you play Bayern, the game could be 50-50, and then Bayern just gets a few breaks and then it's an onslaught. Then after that your, your chance is done like if you make one or two miss not even mistakes but like one or two chances go awry and Bayern capitalize like it's over like you you saw the the Bayern versus Dortmund game last Saturday
1: like yeah Dorman I, was, I was, was about to dive into that actually
2: they Dortmund was hanging in there and then all of a sudden Bayern get a little glimmer of hope they score one and then Lohan Golski goes down eight seconds later and scores like a stupid goal that like it wasn't even a really a chance and he just puts it in like
0: yeah but i would also argue that was just <laughs> dortmund screwing up as opposed to bayern just like don't give me no. wrong. credit to well, bayern no. No, but it, dortmund dortmund collapses a lot dortmund yeah but you
1: have to give credit to the team that ends up i'm always going to say to bayern You're but down i'm just saying nothing. oh Very no early. up to
0: that point up to two nothing, it was fine. But I'm saying, I'm saying, like two nothing, and then when they brought it back to two two, that's all credit to Bayern. I'm saying from that point on, it was Dortmund were bad,
1: bad. That's just bad. they were rattled. That's what happens. Of
0: course,
2: you blow a lead oh, yeah. like that. and well, I actually, I don't necessarily agree. I would say that Dortmund sort of um, played for the draw too much. So they were like, they, they had nothing going forward in the second half attacking. Once they went up 2 0, they were just trying to hang on. And you can't hang on against Byron. Like, if you're not going forward and trying to expose their weaknesses at the back, then you really have nothing. Like, Byron registered two shots in the second half. I don't know if either of them were on target. But then once, once Byron smelled blood in the water, they're, they're attacking. Like, <laughs> and I think also what, You guys haven't said about that game. I think if Lewandowski doesn't score that goal right before halftime, and instead of it being 2-2 at halftime, if it was 2-1, and they were able to contain Bayern that much in the first half, I think Dortmund actually would go on to win that game. But since they they gave up that goal right before the halftime, I think that really deflated them mentally, and I think they were a little bit sluggish in the second half because of it. But I wouldn't necessarily say that Dortmund collapsed because that would not be giving enough credit to how good they were. For most of the game,
0: oh no! They well, were I'm just in also, the second half particularly. They were, they were not good. Yeah. I would say in the second half say, they really collapsed. Yeah, first half excellent.
2: Yeah. I would say that the last ten minutes they collapsed. Like they, when they gave up the goal. They put their heads down and gave up another one. Like that yeah. was a lack of a loss of focus. But also, like that chance from Lewandowski, like a lot of players will take that shot and it will not go in, like that. That was just pure individual Lewandowski, And, like, the camera wasn't even fully back yet. It was, like, the camera just panned and it was already a goal. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: Also, on the topic of Bundesliga briefly, um, Josh Sargent has scored in his last three games in a row for Werder and they haven't lost. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what are you Yo, saying? I'm actually impressed by the kid. Like, I was not expecting
0: that. Josh Sargent, honestly, when you, like... Look at him in context. He's playing in a team that creates virtually nothing. He does so much work. He actually covers, I'm pretty sure, he covers the second most ground of any player in that team, which is insane. <laughs> like, more than some of the fullbacks. So he's he's like dropping into midfield. He's linking up play, and he's a good finisher. Um, I know a lot of the attention went to Matthew Hoppy for his hat trick, but he's very young and inexperienced still. Josh Sargent's... Does he get
2: a lot of minutes in the Schalke team?
0: Oh, Hoppy. Is Hoppy still game. getting minutes? Oh, okay. He
2: starts every single game. How's his goal scoring record since the hat trick?
0: Well, he had his hat trick. Then he scored in his next two games in a row, and then right. Schalke completely have collapsed and do nothing. And Hoppy hasn't gotten the ball really.
2: How's show Schal- I'm not by. Uh, I'm not in front of my computer. How's Schalke in the table in Bundesliga? Are they still in the relegation zone?
0: Um, they are. They are in the coffin.
2: <laughs> oh, what what place are they? Are they in uh eighteenth. The sixth Oh, they're dead last.
0: Dead last
2: by eight, a lot of points oh, below
0: seventeenth.
2: <laughs> oh wow. they that oh my god, that's depressing. Dude, that's that's probably worse. That's worse than when Parma collapsed in 2016. You yeah, know, talking about gone, like a dude. historic team. Oh man. Like, we like,
0: want like you want to talk about Dorman collapsing, kind of being in sixth place. They're only four points off of fourth. But no, Schalke Dorman didn't collapse. They just had some bad results. Schalke has collapsed.
1: Schalke completely collapsed. Um, oh, man. I think we so, dove into that, though, with their financial issues. Yeah, we did. Um,
2: Dude, I just can't believe they have the second most expensive training facility in the world besides Man City.
0: Yeah, it's insane. Uh,
2: like just the, the mismanagement of funds. And now they're both about to go bankrupt and about to get relegated like I their shot. Yeah. They could get some enthusiastic you know, some, some billionaire that really cares about the team and can bring them back with crazy financial investment but there's no
0: guarantee of that. No.
2: That's the only way they're really coming back anytime within the next
0: 3-4 years.
2: Yeah. Before because we Parma go down the rabbit up, hole, yeah.
0: we can discuss Chelsea-Atletico-Madrid because I think this is by far oh, going to yeah. be the best game to watch.
2: Um... Also unpredictable one. you have, I have no idea what kind of
1: Chelsea we're gonna see in this game. I actually I mean, remember our, my prediction for this one. I remember was, we uh, both said depends. extra
0: time, penalties, and let it go through. Mm-hmm. But Chelsea are not slowing down. Um
1: I'm not but I'm still that.
0: actually gonna I'm still <laughs> I'm not changing mine either. I'm still saying it let it go go through.
1: It's gonna be a good game. I think
2: Let it gonna go through also. I think they're gonna go through before extra time though. It's 1-0 Chelsea,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it let it go. Pulls out a 3-1, something to that
0: effect. I mean, I would love to see Chelsea get knocked out, if I'm being honest. Wait, what have you they been calling You've literally uh,
1: been, like, blowing them so hard recently. Are you kidding? I don't
0: like them, though. They're still good. Dude, they're good, and they're. but I would love to see them lose still. I don't like the way they play, but they're just winning because they're being super pragmatic. doesn't mean they're fun to watch.
1: I think Simeone will be able to eat that up. I hope he will. What is uh,
2: What does Atletico fans call Simeone? They call him like Voodoo Cholo or something like that? What? Like, what? like Voodoo something? You know what I've I'm talking about? have never heard that. No, I've never What's... heard that before. <laughs> oh, I forget. I forget the nickname they call him now, but it's so funny. Hold on. I'm, I'm
1: going <laughs> to figure it out. Hmm. I didn't know he but had no, I... like a nickname.
0: It's Fun so fact funny. as well, um, Fabrizio Romano, this is how you know it's potentially true. Bayern, Man U, and Liverpool are all looking into Christian Pulisic's availability. El Cholo, I think, I think he's he,
2: going to be available. I think he will be available in the summer. I think, I think he will Chelsea's be too, and I
0: personally think he fits better at all three of those teams. Than because of Chelsea, yeah. And I also think... Like, if you look at the situations of all of those teams, while Liverpool are in a bit of a slump, you wouldn't bet against them to bring in some players next season and get back into top four. I think Pulisic would be a great player to help them do that. Man you, i I'm not a fan of the way they're run, obviously, and I don't think is the best manager, but from an attacking sense, I think it's a great team for Pulisic to go to again. He will flourish in that system, and Bayern's Bayern. I mean, if they can manage a player like Ian Robin and Frank Rubery with their injuries, they will hundred percent be able to work with Pulisic and help him get over his yeah, little injury ride. Where w-
2: unless Bayern sell one of the wingers, what they're where getting would rid Pulisic of fit in the peck? They're getting order? rid
0: of Coleman. That's why they're, they're are, like, they are? the current rumor is if he goes to Bayern, it's a swap deal, Coleman goes to Chelsea. Or he goes to Man or he goes to Bayern as a replacement for Coleman still. But it's because Komen's going to Man U because Man U also want Coman. Or out of nowhere, he would be going <laughs> to Man U or Chelsea because they're both looking into him.
1: You said Man um, U twice. is no, that Komen because Man... Man U
0: or Pulisic? Yeah, because it's like because there's like a big because like the thing with Man him going to Man U is if Man U doesn't get Coman, I think because I think they really want Coman. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, Bayern's looking at Pulisic as a replacement for Coman if Komen leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh if Komen goes to Chelsea and Pulisic goes the other way it's totally a swap Um, Mm -hmm. Komen going to Man U Bayern still get Pulisic because they need a replacement if none of that happens Pulisic could either go to Man U or he could go to Liverpool but he doesn't fit the system and I also just I personally think that it would just be great for his career Like he did well in his first season this season's been not good whatsoever from him, what like in any sense, and I just think it'd be great for the curse of Chelsea to come back and bite Chelsea again, because if there's one thing we know about Chelsea letting go young talented players, they always do well. So let's just let them yeah, go and Pulisic will start to rip it up again.
1: Fund wise, would that be comparable, Coman for Pulisic?
0: Yeah, I, I think, think it's about is even. worth more. Well, Pulisic I, yeah, is yeah, we'll, worth more, but it's, it's about even on. I mean. I think Pulisic is worth more because of age, but transfer market values are both equal.
1: Okay. Yeah. So basically, swap guy for guy. Yeah. Also,
2: I will say that Pulisic has a shakier injury history, but his ceiling is a little bit higher than Coleman. So
0: I
1: guess they a could little be higher value. It is,
0: his ceiling is way higher than Coleman's. Coleman, in I my mean, opinion, a, was. Coleman th- has, has no, has no potential with him. Yeah, but he's also already 25.
1: I mean, you say 25 like he's super old. That's, that's still pretty yeah, young. But
0: yeah, but again, I mean, he's well, 25 is young, but Pulisic is also 22. So I wouldn't put Pulisic's ceiling a little higher. I would say it's reasonably higher than Coleman's. And I would also say, again, with Pulisic's injury record, it really only started two years ago. He was per, he, his first three seasons at Dormant, he was healthy all season. It was, he his was last a
2: teenager, season. dude. Like, yeah, but if you're getting you injured a at, at
1: that age, that's concerning. Yeah, it's also well. the
2: fact that it's it's a hamstring injury, which is not an easy one to get through. That's no. like a lot of older players have hamstring injuries, and that's what sort of tampers the end of their career. Well, that's but why I'm like, I'm that, hoping
0: that yeah, yeah, I'm hoping that this hamstring thing isn't a recurring issue with him because he's only had this is know, his first hamstring injury.
2: I know Bale had hamstring injuries recurring at Real Madrid when he was about twenty six, twenty-seven. But yeah. also Bale, the reason why he had such bad hamstring injuries is because he was putting on a lot of weight and he was yeah. training really hard, but he wasn't taking care of himself that well. I don't know what Pulisic is doing for these like.
0: I've heard I've heard rumors, like, mm-hmm. or at least I've like people who have analyzed it before who don't really know him, mm-hmm. but just like outsiders looking in, they think it's a muscular imbalance, mm-hmm. which I could kind of see, possibly. Cause he yeah, was, you could, he's just you could so You get rid of that with
1: training. It's all his spy no. stuff catching up to him.
0: Yeah, no, and I think you, and that's why I personally think if he gets to the right team with the right facilities, I mm. think he will get over it. He is still young enough, so it won't. But, it's hindered him a little bit, but I don't think it'll kill him. But I mean. I would say but doesn't Chelsea goes,
2: put as much money doesn't Chelsea put as much money as anyone into their medical staff and their training facilities like, don't they yeah. invest heavily? Yeah, like, but I, I also will I mean, say Frank
0: Lampard rushed him back to get into the team because of Chelsea's injury issues earlier in the season. So Yeah, but
1: I I don't know. I just see from experience in hockey, if you're a young guy and you you get injured, chances are that injury is going to keep coming back regardless of whatever medical staff you have. It's an injury now and it's always going to be lingering, and it messes with your performance a little bit. So I don't know. I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's a little much to say his ceiling is astronomically higher than Komen.
0: I also just don't think Komen's really that good,
1: personally. I, I think in the right system, he. Him. I think in the and, right system, he would be fantastic.
0: Oh, I agree. I, say but he's I don't know why Chelsea but would. I think want he's still him, quality. I don't know why Chelsea would want him. That's the thing. Pulisic doesn't fit. Yeah, Chelsea... Coleman's the same player.
2: Also, recently, I have come around in my opinions of Chelsea, not of the transfer business business necessarily, but I've come around in the opinion that uh, before, I don't know if we said this explicitly, but before there was the belief that if you have too many playmakers on the same team, that it, it takes away from all of them. Yeah. But I actually don't necessarily agree with that as much. I think... You could have because if you have three or four elite playmakers, say people that play sort of a similar style, like say Argentina when they had Messi and DiBala, and they wouldn't play DiBala because they said you know their their styles overlapped. I think if the players don't buy in, it's not going to work. But if you get the players to buy in properly and you have the proper defensive cover and structure around the team, you could have like a four two three one with like four. Dribbler, playmaker types, and I think it can still well, work. I mean, I mean
0: work. you sold out at Man U with Rashford, Pogba, and Fernandez. All three of them are playmakers, and actually, they're different I mean, kinds of playmakers. Rashford's though Rashford's kind of a goal scorer, but Rashford creates a ton.
2: Yeah, Bruno, Bruno, Fernandez, and Rashford are number ten esque playmakers, and Pogba, but Pogba is, is like a well, he's he's like a number eight who likes to get forward. But he's I'm a talking eight about like you could not have...
0: do any defensive work.
2: He does if if he uh, if he thinks it's important enough, but most of the time he doesn't care. <laughs> he does for <laughs> France, dude. <laughs> yeah, but he did in the World Cup. <laughs>
0: yeah, but not for Man U. <laughs> not at all. No, but I, no, but I mean, no. I think regardless, I think there's a couple of reasons that could equate to Six injury issues. I still think he can get over them. A lot of people seem to think that as well. So we'll see.
2: He definitely can. I just the only thing I pointed out with his injury history is the fact that a hamstring injury is a bit strange to be this early in his career. Like I know it's because of how explosive he is, but even like with Bale, like Bale was explosive early in his career, but he didn't get the hamstring injuries until he put on a lot of weight, and that's kind of what threw him off because Real Madrid sort of forced him to get bigger because yeah. he was quite thin when he first got there, and then he has now he has the well, freaking Quadzilla. Fair, here's,
0: what I, here's what I will <laughs> say though. Yeah, no, he, mm-hmm. Bale is kind of a beast. What I will say about Bale, though, is in that first season, 2013-14, he was still a very powerful runner. I don't really understand what Madrid's issue with him was. That he had to put on... Yeah, dec-
2: I mean, I don't extra. know if it was necessarily... The narrative is that Madrid was pushing him to get stronger. It could have been himself also, but it's clear that when he put on all that muscle, I can't... I don't... I wasn't following that closely. So it either means that he put on the muscle too quickly and his hamstrings basically weren't able to adjust and therefore he strained them a lot. He wasn't doing or leg day enough. He was No, no, his dude, his legs are <laughs> absolutely massive. No, but it's it's not about like working out the leg muscles. It's about doing PT and strengthening a lot of the ligaments and like peripheral muscles, like the yeah. obliques, like there's there's muscle in your hip that's basically stretches from like it goes all the way from your hip flexor through the back of your hamstring. That's the reason Douglas Costa has had a lot of problems with the obliques. That's why he has a lot of hamstring and uh, hip abductor issues. It's the same reason Douglas Costa is a very explosive runner. And he's had, you know, uh, basically his past five years, he hasn't played a full season because of his hamstring injuries. Because he's so explosive and you can get around it. But I'm not necessarily saying that he doesn't train properly or doesn't do enough PT because sometimes there is nothing you can do, but um, it takes a lot of determination to make sure that you are working out properly. Like Ronaldo easily could have had those kind of issues, but he's been a unit. He's, he never misses games, because you could tell that he is so focused on his physical therapy and making sure that his body is right in every possible way. So I'm not necessarily saying that anyone else doesn't do that because you never know what they're doing in training. You could do everything right and still have those injuries. But oh, yeah. I think for Pulisic at his age, you shouldn't have those kind of problems. Like Maybe the Chelsea training staff is pushing him too hard well, that's, and not that's, really again that's,
0: an, that's a rumor I heard. I've heard that Chelsea...
2: I've heard the rumor position. too. I, I don't know if it's true or speculation. Because I think that Chelsea invests a lot of money in their medical team. So I don't know why. like They would probably have some kind of system in place where they would see... They would have medical people say, you know, this isn't right. Something's wrong here.
0: Well, I've heard rumors of Frank Lampard kind of bypassing them, which I think was an issue. And it was just Lampard because, again, and this is one of the things... That doesn't
2: make sense, though. Why would you have a coach usurp medical professionals on a player's health? Like, a lot of times the the coaches, a lot of times, listen to medical professionals, like, as an authority. Like, you know, they, they try to work with them and say, you know, what is what can we do they don't yeah, say like oh there was a you know, I'm going to play him anyway card
0: left. I don't know what all of them are but there's just a lot of stuff going around about it he was and a also a lot of times cl-
2: a lot of times there's the precedent they happen with Liverpool a lot too where it's like the club board will make sure that the manager doesn't play the players even if the manager wants to a lot of times it's the board that tells the manager he can't play the player Well, yeah, and, and I mean, it happens again, a lot in the NBA too
0: Well, I'm also i always skeptical about Chelsea in a lot of cases just because I feel like just because of how cutthroat they are and because of how their injuries came about when Pulisic was getting back to fitness, I always thought he mm -hmm. was rushed back into things. And he obviously didn't get injured again, obviously. He's fine. But, you know, maybe this extended run out Mm -hmm. of him just staying fit, staying healthy Mm -hmm. might help him a little bit. Mm-hmm. for when he does transfer mm-hmm. away. But I think a club like Liverpool, mm-hmm. Man U, or Bayern are just much better for him personally, um, just so he has more time. That's really all. That's my personal opinion on it, though. I think a player like Weston McKinney is far more robust and can go anywhere. I think Pulisic needs to be mm-hmm. properly like managed for at least a little bit longer just to make sure he doesn't have injury issues anymore. Because when he plays mm-hmm. and when he plays well, he is the U.S.'s best player, and we need him. So... I think a move to Liverpool, man, you were buying his best.
2: I think it's funny because I think a move to Liverpool, I don't know if it's necessarily the best move for him, but I think it's kind of reminiscent of like, remember when they signed Mo Salah and yeah. they were like, oh, how would Mo Salah get in that front three? And then they signed Diogo Jota last year and they were like, oh, why would they do that? There's no need for him. And then he's been amazing. So yeah. like, but no, that's especially thing. if Firmino is on well, his way the, out, the other like Pulisic rumor could fit right again in.
0: They're going to be getting rid of one of Mane or Salah. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor. Like everything, sort of is revolving around other things. But the and I wouldn't believe any mm-hmm. of it if if Fabrizio Romano wasn't saying anything about it. But he is. Mm-hmm. So
2: also Liverpool have a... Gi- people don't realize how much of a problem Liverpool have with their squad. I know. But basically, all their prominent players on their squad are the same age. Like yeah. they have they have to get rid of. I don't know if it's necessarily Salah or Mane, but they have to get rid of a lot of their key players or at least a few of them just to keep diversity in the squad ages because like Van Dyke and Sala and Firmino and Mane and Henderson like they're all those guys are the same age base they're all within two years of each other I mean and like why I was Liverpool one of them I starts would, falling off they're yeah. all gonna fall off
0: yeah if I would need Liverpool, some younger players if I was Liverpool what I would personally do is I would I would say sell Mane because I don't think he's been performing that well this season And I think he still Mm -hmm. commands a high transfer value. I would say sell Mane if you can. I would say drop Firmino Mm -hmm. into a center mid-roll, which is kind of where he should be from now on. Um, Mm -hmm. Move Salah centrally as a striker. He's been really good there before. Jota on the right, Mm -hmm. bring Pulisic in and put him on the left. That's scary. That's really scary. Mm -hmm. And that's an attack that's... And then Mm -hmm. you still have Jolta and Pulisic who are young, and you can slot in your choice of any of the young midfielders like Curtis Jones um, who has been excellent mm-hmm. and you can get, you know, yeah. any young striker in the world would be complimented by, you know, the other young talent at Liverpool mm-hmm. but even so, Liverpool's Liverpool not mm-hmm. I, also, I actually think Pulisic's best choice as much as I think Bayern would be good for him I actually think him going to Man U would be kind of great for him I just think the way they play and I also just think he would get into that team with no issue whatsoever, easy.
2: I disagree. I actually think Liverpool would be the best move for him because I just don't really trust the way that Man United is run. I don't really know because like you, you there's a lot of common sense things well, that Man true. United could yeah no really you're right. Better, I take it back. I and take they haven't that back. I go done that. Like I- they still. Why is Martial still on their team? Like they they had a chance to sell him two years ago for a decent amount of money, and like now I know they were they were you know holding on to hope, but like. They should have gotten rid of Martial, and even if not, like last summer was a perfect opportunity to sell him and get someone else in. And like, there's a lot of other players that they've kind of not been able to sell, or they've overpaid for certain players and messed with their budget. You know, it's the opportunity cost of paying a hundred million for Harry Maguire. <laughs> so like, I don't oh, really trust duh. the way that Man United is run. I don't really trust the way that Man United is run. Like, as good as uh, Juan Mata is. Harry Maguire and wan cost a combined $150 million. You could get a lot more for $150 million. Byron's entire team is like $200 million from top to also, bottom. Honest,
0: <laughs> I think Wan-Bissaka is literally a center back. He has no attacking output. He should be a center back. Mm-hmm.
2: I think his defensive instincts are good as a wide defender.
0: And I think there is... I you think, can play I with think the, he'd be best as a third center back in a free-at-the-back system.
2: He had three at the back, he would be good. I don't know if I'd necessarily trust him as a, at a back four, just because...
0: Yeah, but okay, figure I mean, like I that's right. Yeah. Say Radu doesn't work out. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, Juve defense of the future is a free man back line of Demaral, Delicton, Juan, Basaka. That's arguably the free best natural defending oh. players in the world at that age. Delicton,
2: Demaral of- is delicious. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but Juan Bissaka, don't I would underestimate that. how good Juan Bissaka is defensively. He is so good. So good. He pockets every player he plays against, to be honest.
2: He is a natural defender. He is good.
0: Fun fact, the only player he really wasn't able to pocket when he played against him was Christian Pulisic, but that's besides the point.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think certain players with like top top end pace, he might they might have a step on him. But anyone who's not elite pace He's probably yeah. got him covered.
0: It's just players who are very cheeky with their pace and their dribbling. Oh. I think Sterling gets. I think Pulisic. Players like Pulisic, and I'm pretty sure he actually had a bit of difficulty against a player like up against. I think it was Lucas Moura, or it might have been Bergwijn. It was one of those two players who are like mm-hmm. really good at dribbling, but also really know how quick they are. Like I feel like Sterling never well, really you talk- hits a. Mm-hmm. Like Sterling never really like uses his pace with the ball he just has the ball close to his feet at all times and Juan Basaka just tackles him but Pulisic and he, Bergwijn, Sterling used to though well no Sterling St- used to do it
2: yeah, yeah. but not anymore he used Sterling to be-
0: thinks Sterling thinks he's messy now
2: <laughs> yeah he kind of does well fellas but you said you said cheekiness you were talking about cheekiness and uh I don't think Lingard has played Man United since he's transferred. So you talk about cheekiness, that's the real test because we've only seen them as teammates, really.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait. That'll, I mean, can we can we make a promise that we're going to watch Man U versus West Ham? Oh, uh, Dude, what would you do if Lingard
2: and Millie Rocks on the United? Well, it was I was just no fans, about to ask you. at Old Trafford.
1: He can still do it on the field. It carried the same significance. Yeah, you know,
2: I, I was... But the fact that he did it at the main stand at Emirates in front of all the Ar- Arsenal fans, that was just so r- ridiculous. Like, <laughs> the fact that it was Lingard. Like, if, if Pogba did it, it would be like, oh, wow, Pogba just beat us. But it was like, the fact that Lingard did it, it was like, what is he doing here? Why is he playing?
1: <laughs> well, while we're on oh the topic God. of Premier League and Man U, I feel like we have to talk about the Manchester Derby and Man U actually going in. To the Ethiad and beating Man City. What do you guys think about that? I
0: mean, if I'm if I'm being completely honest, it's a game that doesn't surprise me at all. Ollie Gunner Solskjaer has a quite frankly ludicrous record against Man City. And I'm not sure where it comes from. Because there's other teams that he that play not like Man City, but in similar style, I guess, to Man City, that they just don't beat. And they go and they beat Man City. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I also don't know... I mean, and also Mourinho with Spurs beating Man City a good amount. Like, that, it's, it's weird to me. I kind of get it, but I don't get it at the same time. I don't know. Lou, if you have anything to say, I have no clue.
2: Honestly, I don't have much to say. Like, it doesn't really tell me much about Man United. It doesn't really tell me much about City. I don't really think it's indicative of their future in the league this year. I think City's still clearly going to run away with the title. I think Man United is still clearly going to be inconsistent. So like I, I haven't really learned anything from the game, but uh good result for Man United. Yeah, that's a good
1: result. for sure.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't get it. I mean, again, when um, you like look at teams like Man City, I don't really get how they lose to teams like Man U and Spurs so often anyway. Man City has lost a good amount to Spurs and to Man U. I just thought this was pretty interesting for some reason.
1: I don't know. Sometimes certain managers and teams and styles in the way they play just matches up well against you. And I don't know, maybe something has to do with that and the way Man City for plays. All these mismatch things. of
0: <laughs> Ollie with no tactics ever beating Pep with all the tactics. I guess that works. <laughs>
1: Yeah, see, Pep doesn't know how to coach against someone when they're not running any tactics. He doesn't know what to do.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> He's
1: like, what You're do, like I, do? What do I do? What do I do? He has no formation at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. All right. Yeah.
2: Literally. You want to talk about the offside rule? About the, the Wenger offside rule?
0: Oh, are we? Are we going all the way back to this now? Just because you want to talk about this, fine. Sure. Yeah, I think it's. A, I
2: think it's a funny story. I think it's meme worthy. I think it's funny. Sure, go for it. But <laughs> this, I don't. This is my only weird story because I haven't been able to, to browse the internet. Yeah. Um, okay. But hit us. Um. Yeah. So the, Arsene Wenger is leading the charge for a new proposal to FIFA, for an offside rule. Basically, there's a lengthier explanation, but the gist of it is that. You wouldn't be called offside unless any part of your body that is eligible to score a goal is offside. So a leg or your head is offside, then you'd be considered offside. But if your your hand is, is offside or your arm, you wouldn't be considered offside. I think it's personally good because it's more consistent and it just makes more sense because like... If you're just running and your arm is over, but really your body's behind the defender, you really shouldn't be offside for that. I think that's a well-timed run. Um, But a lot of people say that it's favoring the attackers, which in definition it is, but I really don't think it's going to... like. It's not going to change the way that you play the game. It's not going to change the way that you attack into space because really there's still... like. It's not going to change the way you approach the game. It's just going to make the calls and the VAR a little bit smoother and easier. So I think it's a good thing. But I think UEFA and FIFA is going to be a little hesitant because it's going to make Murata too powerful, dude.
0: Morata's going to have like 50 goals. Morata's going to have, have stories, 60 Lou. goals. What do you say? I have a couple of stories now, Lou. Wait,
1: I got a good really one funny. too. Oh.
0: You do? Mine's, Joe, go for mine's quick.
1: Mine's quick. Yeah, go for All it. All right. So, Murata Sergio wins a
2: 2022 Ballon d'Or. What? Murata wins a 2022 Ballon d'Or. Oh, it already happened. For Book scoring it now. 128 the goals. Best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he'll still be—I guarantee you—with that rule, he'll still find a way to be offsides. Has someone does someone
2: update the counter of Murata offside goals plus total goals? He probably there has have to like be. 35 goals this season. Because I remember he had 20 in like October when he only had less than 10 real goals, but he had 20 over 20, including offside goals. So he probably, he probably has scored at least 15 to 20 offside goals that have hit the net <laughs> this season in all competitions. So add that to his tally of, I think he's probably about 15 goals total, all competitions so far. That's a pretty good season.
1: Okay. Oh so my, God. my interesting, funny story, <laughs> I guess, um, on a, some kind of Twitch show in Spain, uh, Sergio Ramos said that if uh, Messi decided to leave Barcelona when his contract expires this year, he can live with him in Real Madrid.
0: <laughs> that's that's a little creepy.
1: <laughs> well, I I left the little part out. He said while well, he's house hunting, but I just thought. Oh, it. The headline okay. Was, Thank you for the, the headline extra was, yeah, the headline was funny by itself. Or it was just like it basically said Sergio Ramos says uh, Messi can live with me at Real Madrid. Like
2: <laughs> oh I mean Messi is worth enough money that he could buy about 30 houses in Madrid. He could buy a whole <laughs> so apartment not, complex. Yeah. I think it was implied that it was during the house hunting period. I, that actually happens a lot in sports funnily enough because I know Tom Brady Uh, he lived in Derek Jeter's house when he first moved to Tampa (laughs) yeah he was right around the
1: corner they were literally uh that house by the way it looks like an aircraft carrier almost the coloring too it's Jeter's house yeah Jeter's house it's really weird I think Brady said he's gonna buy himself a house though but we'll see
2: why not he's already a legend in Tampa also back in New England when uh when Antonio Brown signed for the Patriots Antonio Brown he actually lived with tom for his entire time in in new england because that was only a couple weeks it was like two three weeks oh my God. but i think antonio brown had like a full guest house like he was in a separate building but considering antonio brown's disciplinary record that is bold i don't know how tom brady's wife allowed that oh giselle very giselle was, a very giselle was probably
1: bugging out that's for sure
2: dude like the the, the number of investigations on antonio brown to have <laughs>
1: Like, remember when he like froze his feet in that like crypto chamber or whatever the heck it was? Yeah, he,
2: t- he was trying to get out of Oakland, so he you inj- tried to injure himself by freezing his feet in a crypto chamber,
1: and he what got like fuck, he got dude. frostbite so bad he almost had to get him amputated.
2: Yeah, it's actually that's actually not that uncommon for players to try to get out of their contract by intentionally injuring themselves,
0: but uh, that is that could have been <laughs> really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's some, like, low-brain type of stuff, though. Like, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Well, Antonio My Brown's got a history
1: are... of making dumb decisions. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could tell.
2: You know, oh, very short side note. You know, when uh, when Gardner Minshew was in college, he was in junior college, and uh, basically he was going to run out of eligibility, so he tried to um, end one of his seasons, before, like, in the preseason, so he punched a wall and tried to break his throwing hand to Jesus avoid Christ. the season to get another year of eligibility. To like, and he, he actually didn't, yeah, because he, he, he already uses redshirt year and he wanted to transfer to Washington state where he ended, he did end up playing and was very good and got drafted. But, uh, I forgot what school he was at. It was, I think it was in either, it might've been Mississippi state or something like that, but he, he intentionally tried to break his own hand to be, uh, to get a injury redshirt year and transfer
1: <laughs> Minshew mania insane.
2: And then now look at the lad.
1: <laughs> <All> right, anyway, <laughs> we'll, well talk about the house stuff. Uh, this one's a, a very funny one. Um, so oh, yeah. this was probably a couple. Of, this was a couple of years ago. I think it was three years ago now. Um, the New York Islanders, the hockey team. Uh, before we fired our old coach and got Barry Trotz, our old coach mm-hmm. actually was living in our general manager's basement so for how long uh I don't I'm not exactly sure how long to be honest it was long enough that it was like awkward and weird to know about but uh he was just don't like hockey coaches usually huh? make like seven figures don't
2: hockey coaches make six seven figures
1: yeah I know I do, I don't know what was going on maybe <laughs> real estate was tough in Long Island at the time. I don't know, but he was living in uh, our general manager, Garth Snow's basement. And then uh, Garth Snow had to end up firing Were they they still playing in Brooklyn back uh, then? So that must have been a little interesting Were they still playing in Brooklyn? Yeah. Can I still live here while I try to find another job in in your basement? Were they
2: still playing in Brooklyn at the time? Or were they in uh, their current uh, Nassau? What is the place they play now?
1: Uh, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum
2: right um well they they were
1: in the barclays center for a little bit though right yeah they split home games between the two um but now the ubs arena is what it's called that will open next season uh really oh, so still really in, nice looking stadium it's gonna be pretty cool they still play in
2: the coliseum a little bit i thought the coliseum got knocked down
1: well the collie's still yeah, up. Coliseum. They, like remodeled it and like refurbished it oh, for, okay. so now after the islanders leave it'll just be used for like concerts and stuff
2: Dude, I thought that place was gone. Nassau Cali's kind of kind of sus, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's been around since it's like not the a great 70s. Venue.
1: It's it's uh it's not a great ve- Have you been there before? Yes, I've been. I, it's not a great place to like mm-hmm. I don't know, to if you want luxury but if you want to like go there there's not a bad seat in the house for hockey and the acoustics in the building are phenomenal like it traps the noise Mm -hmm. so well so it's definitely the best place to go if you like actually want to watch the game but if you want like a box Mm -hmm. seat or or something like that you're just screwed because there's none in there Mm -hmm. have you been to barclays though no actually i didn't go i
2: love bar i love barclays
1: center i heard it smells like oranges is that true Oranges. Yeah, apparently they like pump some kind of citrus scent into the air in there. I I I just heard that it smells mm-hmm. like citrus almost in there.
2: Interesting. I I've been to I've been to Barclays like three or four times. I don't remember. Maybe next time I go, I will uh think of that. But I don't particularly remember it. It, it definitely doesn't smell like piss though. <laughs> 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 like I don't. I haven't been to the Nassau Kali, so I can't say for sure. But. I'm sure there's a little little hint of piss. Well, let's just say
1: <laughs> yeah. they call it the Coliseum for a reason. Because if you're an away fan, it's you're you're going to be covered in beer by the time <laughs> you leave. Um, it's, it's a good time. Hey, it's better
2: than the it's better than the Italian stadiums because I can confirm that they do
1: smell like piss, except for Juve Stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice pristine. I'm sure the old one. Uh, what was that called? The, our old stadium, Stadio delle Alpi. Yeah, I'm sure that one was there's a a, a scent.
2: Yeah. The, I mean, the old Italian stadium, just European stadiums in general, have terrible infrastructure. Well, and you they could don't like like smoke you could
1: do in the stadiums during the games and stuff back then, right? <laughs> Dude,
2: you used to be able to smoke on the field until like three years ago <laughs> for the coaches. Oh,
1: my goodness. Oh, my God.
2: All right. Anyway, sorry for uh, going on a sidetrack.
0: Zuck. Off the Everything rails goes back to Italian football for you. And Hawkeye. We always find a way <laughs> to piss. relate a bunch of different <laughs>
1: stories with sports. Hockey will always and, be a way to And I, I bring up the NFL a lot, So one too. of the stories
0: <laughs> that just stuck out to me for some reason, this is the headline. So Alan Judge is a player in the championship, and Darren Drysdale is a ref. What team do they play for? Uh, I don't even know, but that's not even the point. <laughs> I'm going to guess Birmingham, uh, Birmingham City. Um. Alan Judge furiously denies calling Darren Drysdale a cheating bald cunt. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs>
1: What's the like? What wait, was wait. the story behind? Zuck, Zuck. It? Zuck. do so, you re-
2: do you remember the the? So, wait, sorry, you, So you Judge,
0: I guess, was allegedly fouled, um, and the ref considered it a dive. Judge gets up off the ground, gets in the ref's face, and calls him a cheating bald cunt. Um,
2: Oh, I think I saw that
0: story actually. And now, and now, and now there's just there's just an ongoing dispute going on. But that one's not really as funny as the other one. That's just like a funny headline. The really funny story is that um, one of a uh, Wayne Bridge, um, who I believe was an ex Chelsea player, um, or something. Um, Jose Mourinho apparently booked Snoop Dogg for a preseason party in the U.S. <laughs> Which, Snoop Dogg will do anything for money. I just thought, it except was really move to funny. Canada. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne played for Chelsea between 2003 and 2009, um, and Mourinho in one of their preseason tours, he he booked Snoop Dogg for a party on a U.S. preseason tour. <laughs> um, Excellent. Which I just thought was really funny. Do you think Do you think Jose Mourinho was a fan of rap music?
1: I didn't even know he likes music at all. I thought yeah. he was just listening mm-hmm. to the silence or his neighbors screaming at each other or something. Yeah, bro, due the closing,
0: Louie, You haven't closed us in a while.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you back, bro, For now,
0: what what am I supposed to say, mate? <laughs> what am I supposed to do, mate? In the podcast, bro, I have
2: mate. no idea what.
1: In the pod, bro. What,
2: what, what do I say, bro?
1: <laughs> all right, everybody. <laughs> If if, I guess I'm gonna wind this podcast down. Uh, No, I I got it. it. (laughs) Thank you. Oh my god!
0: Someone do something, please. I need to go to bed. If
2: you listen this far, thank Thank you you very much. Um, Please continue to support us on uh, Spotify. Fuck me, man, dude. I'm shot. I
0: can't. (laughs) Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts. LinkedIn.
1: No, 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 no LinkedIn. We're not accepting job applications at this time. Um, also, <laughs> or our Instagram or is we? slightly not getting posted on a lot, but we'll work on that um, to try to keep you Joe, all up to date we'll on, on everything. Oh, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the I'm
2: gonna make the Lukaku meme, and we could put that up. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. We should we should promote we should promote using original Calcio memes. <laughs> like occasionally just throwing in a throwing in a fresh
0: calcio meme that we've created. Like Yeah, ahead. we
1: make good memes. We'll meme a little bit. I'm ending everybody. I'm ending this
0: right now. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. So
1: long. Good evening. <laughs>